Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, you guys welcome Miss Hannah Bully. And I am excited. Hannah and I have been talking about this day for a few years now, haven't we? But it's one of those things that Hannah's story is a story that is a little bit like Scott's. If you weren't able to be here, you can go to the podcast. Last week, we listened to Scott Cantrell, and he talked about his battle with cancer and how he is now cancer-free and what God's been doing through a stem cell transplant and other people in his life. Well, Hannah also has been battling a disease, but her story's a little bit different because I want you to be praying because she's still in the middle of it. And it's a battle with this thing called Lyme disease. Well, Hannah, in 2011, you started having some symptoms that were showing up in your life. And at the time, you was in roughly about seventh grade. Is that correct? Yeah, sixth grade first. And then seventh grade, it got worse to where we went to the doctor. And I was told that I had acid reflux, but it wasn't the normal, normal kind of acid reflux. They didn't really know what the difference was. And so as you were going to the doctors and trying to get these different things, I mean, literally... Things were progressively getting worse, but there wasn't a whole lot of uh, help being given as far as diagnosing this correctly. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I just, I felt sick a lot. Um, I had to, I was playing softball and I would have to rest during the week so that I could play travel ball on the weekend. And, but it was, it was kind of something that I just got used to, just feeling sick and thinking it was kind of normal to be tired a lot. Now, you had told me there was even some people that you went to, and we're not going to use any places or names because everywhere she went, you know, if you know anything about medical field, uh, everybody that's doing that, I don't know if you know this, they're human. And they're only going by what they hear or what they study. And so, so sometimes they might not have all the answers. That's one of the reasons why we pray is because we know that God is the great physician and he has all the answers. But you were even getting some of these places that would say something to the nature of, well, she, you know, that may be made up in her head. It's just part of growing up. She'll grow out of it. Uh, is that correct as well, Mom? Yeah. Yeah. How how'd that work out for you? Because when people are kind of, what does it feel like when you know there's something wrong, but everybody's telling you there's nothing wrong? It kind of breaks you a little bit because... You know, I didn't know, sorry, I'm shaking. Um, I didn't know what was happening. And you just get told that it's not real, that it's your fault, that, um, you know, it's mental. And the whole mental game is, it's so difficult to deal with. And just having no one that you put your hope in believe in you, that really just breaks you down. So this keeps escalating. This is from 2011, and we're going to kind of jump ahead a little bit to the 2015. And in April the 3rd, 2015, which would basically be Easter of that year, you have now hit a stage where you are, the words we would say is, it's just, it's debilitating. Like, it's no longer like, hey, I'm going to rest during the week and play softball on the weekends. You're, you are now at a point where you were, you know, in the bed, screaming in pain, struggling. Tell me a little bit about those moments. Yeah, I, it got to the point 
when I was 15 that I just had these like really bad pains and I wasn't able to go to school. I would like if I went in the morning by like first period, I was calling my parents like, come get me. I just I need to go home. And that kind of that's when it really got bad. Um, it it I started becoming isolated. We were going to the doctor all the time. I and not knowing what's going on, you're confused and you're just you feel a little lost. So you you you've told me what you did. Tell me how you dealt with that pain at that time. You you had talked about foxholes. Tell tell everybody kind of how your method of dealing with this pain because you weren't getting the answers, you weren't getting any help. There was nobody like like even though your parents are amazing and taking you to all these different places and rearranging their schedules, how did you learn to deal with with the pain? So for a year and a half, I didn't have a diagnosis. I was in pain. It got to the point where I was just in the bed all the time. And I I I went into what I call a foxhole. So for those of you who weren't raised with a military father, a foxhole is when you're on the battlefield and bullets are flying, you just dig a hole for cover and you just stay there under enemy fire. Like that's how you survive. You just you just have to dig a hole. And so for me, I I was I was in pain. I was in so much pain and I was confused. I didn't know what was happening to me. I was being told that it was in my head. I I was I was so sad for what I was going through and I was I was alone because at that point I I had got quit going to school and you kind of lose your friends when you're not there every day and I I was feeling so much that I just it seemed better to feel nothing than to feel something. So I just I numbed I went numb. Now, you're just going to have to bear with me. I'll be emotional today. Um, because I think, I think Hannah's story is where most of us are sitting. She literally said, she goes, she goes, the pain was so bad it was easier to not feel anything than to feel anything at all. And when she said that when we were talking earlier, you know, it, it just, I was like, that, that literally describes probably the majority of people. Like if I can just bury myself and, and let the bullets fly that's called my life and just not get hit and just go numb like, like that's better than dealing with the pain. And, and you told me this, and, and I wrote it down. You said the, the hardest part about being numb was the hurt was so bad that you lost the ability to hope. Yeah, I hope hurt. You know, we were, it had been a year and a half of going to doctors all the time. And it just, I got to the point where I was feeling so much that I just needed to turn it off. And, um, like, I didn't want to think about what I was going through. I didn't, like, I pushed people away because it made me, like, have to face that I was sick in bed. And so it just, it hurt so bad to hope because I had, it meant I had to face what was happening to me. And the scripture that you've brought to me that you said that, that really it's, it's the story of Moses and the Israelites, right? You, you have these Israelites, they're, they're caught in Egypt. They are, they're being 
They put in slavery. They're, they're making bricks without straw. They have heightened how much this slavery and oppression because this new Pharaoh realizes how powerful God's people could be. And in chapter 6, verse 9, and you'll see the scripture on the screen, it said, Moses spoke to the, to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Tell me what that scripture, the reason why that fits your story so strongly. I think those last five words, the, the broken spirit and the harsh slavery, like that sums up why I went into my foxhole. It's like I, I was just broken, you know. I, I was in so much pain. I couldn't get out of bed. So it's like I didn't have an option to do something else. And I, it hurt so bad what I was going through. And it just, yeah. So there's three things. You talked about foxholes. You talked that that's one way you dealt with it. But you also said you were dealing with shame. You, you said that this, this major sense of shame was, not only were you in this pain, and, and just, I mean, just to understand the gravity of this, like Lyme disease is one of these things that nobody ever knows about. We think, oh, you can get Lyme disease from a tick. I, 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 yeah, sure, I guess. I don't know that much about it, okay? But it can be so debilitating. In Hannah's situation, when she talks about being in pain, I'm talking about crippling, like in the bed, can't get out, like having, imagine being a parent and you're hearing your daughter up the stairs in her bedroom or move downstairs because she can no longer climb steps, you know, like I'm talking about like just moaning and grieving and, and hurting and, and bellowing out. Like, I don't want you to think like, oh, you, you kind of had some bad moments. I'm talking about a constant pain, so bad that it's better to just simply stop feeling than it is to feel at all. And you said during that time you felt shame. Why did you feel shame? What was that shame about? I was ashamed that, like, because I did go into a foxhole and I did go numb, that I found a way to just be comfortable with what I was going through, you know, uh, a lot like the Israelites, like they just wanted to, when Moses did get them out and they were running from the Egyptians, like they were like, just let us go back. Like it's just better that way. And I think that's how I was feeling. Like I didn't want to go to the doctor. I like, I didn't want to talk. I barely spoke to my parents. Like I was just in the bed, like, leave me alone, shut out the world. And I felt ashamed of that because I knew that I should want more. I knew I should be hoping for healing. I should be, like, wanting more than what I was getting. But I just, I became comfortable where I was because it seemed like the better option. The scripture she's referring to is in Exodus chapter 14. It's, uh, it's, it's an amazing verse. It starts in verse 11. And it says, what have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? They, Egypt, they were talking to Moses. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And, and that's, that, these are Hannah's, like that, these are scriptures that Hannah came to me saying, see, this is what I felt like. Like, it, it's not that I didn't necessarily, I just, I couldn't hope. I didn't know how to move forward. 
And so you're, you're a year and a half into this. But, you know, this series is called Undeniable. <laughs> and obviously we haven't stayed there. And so let's start, now that they kind of know the gravity of the situation, let's talk about the summer of 2016. Uh, there was a little girl that had fallen off of a stool. And her daddy was going to speak at his home church of First Baptist of Mount Juliet and tell her story. You know this little girl. Her name is Bryn. And it was myself that was speaking at First Baptist Church of Mount Juliet to tell Bryn's story. And you had entered this sickness, had really heightened in 2015 in April. Bryn's fall was October, around the 16th, 17th of that same year. And here we are a year later, and we're going to be telling the story of Bryn. And so you and and Tom and Senzina, you guys are going to come over to First Baptist Mount Jude and just listen to Bryn's story. But tell us what else happened on that day where you were visiting that church. Yeah, so that day we, we ran into some family friends from our old church that we hadn't seen in years. And, you know, I was sitting in the seat, but I wasn't looking too great. And... You know, mom and my parents explained to the couple, and they, they started talking, and they said, well, it sounds a lot like what our son has. He has Lyme disease. And so that's how I got diagnosed, by Mickey coming and speaking and doing a sermon that about, like, it's not a coincidence. And then we run into this family, and that's how I got diagnosed. Like, the whole message of Bryn's fall was was the fact that all these things that happened in Bryn's life through prayer and different things, and, and, and one day maybe we'll share that story. It's been some, it, it's not coincidence the way God works. And, and, and what's funny is, like, until like three weeks ago, I had no idea of this part of the story. <laughs> and, and she was like, and I was like, well, when did you find out that this was Lyme disease? She goes, oh, I, it's when you came with Bryn and spoke at first. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, like what? You know? And it's one of those things that, like, like, God's undeniable attribute is that he knows more than you know. And his ways are higher than your ways. And even when you have the point in place where you, where you feel misdiagnosed, misunderstood, feel helpless and hopeless, just know that God is still orchestrating the ability for you to find out what you need to know so that you can regain your hope. And so after this situation... You guys do realize that it's Lyme disease, but things are still, you know, it's not like, woohoo, and everything got better. In fact, you told me that it was after that that you really hit rock bottom because of this adrenaline medicine that you were on. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think before that I should explain, after I got diagnosed, there was a long time of, like, trying to find the right medicine, and everything I took, it made me sicker. And, like, it still wasn't going well. And in 2018, it was July of 2018, I was at my fourth doctor that I had tried. He, he put me on a medicine. And, again, it made, me, it made me sick to the point where I was like, well, I just got to quit taking it. And there was a mishap with, like, stopping it. And I could feel my body like shutting down like I it felt like I was dying and that's there's been a lot of bad nights and that's the one that I call rock bottom it's it it, it had never been that bad and it's never been that bad again that was that was the worst point 
at that point, tell me what happened in you. Well, you know what they say about rock bottom, the only place to go is up. And that's when I decided, like, no, I want to live. I want more than this. Like, I know that I, there's better out there. Like, there's so much more than being numb. So, you know, one of the things that, that Hannah and I talked about, this is around 2018. So we got this diagnosis in 2016. We went to some different doctors and trying different medicines. Still didn't have gotten any relief. Things are still getting worse. And we are on this adrenaline medicine. And, and because it's making her sick, she decides to come off of that. But in the process of coming off, coming off quicker than probably needed to, all of a sudden she literally said, I, I, I thought I was going to die. She's like, I literally thought that was it. She goes, I don't ever remember it being that bad. She said, but in that moment, in that moment of rock bottom, she said, a mental shift happened where I said, I no longer want to live numb. I want to live for more. See, when she talks about the Egyptians, I want you to understand something. The, this struggle that's going on in the Egyptians and, and not the Egyptians, but the Israelites and getting them out of Egypt Realize that the journey out of Egypt took 40 days. From Egypt to Mount Sinai to worship was 40 days. But do you know it took 40 years for God to get Egypt out of the Israelites? It only took them 40 days to get the Israelites out of Egypt. But it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of the Israelites. Listen to me. That, that's, that's Hannah's story. She's like, I'm going through all this stuff, and all of a sudden she just hits a point where she's like, you know what, I, I, this is what's been going on in my life. It's time for me to go do something different. And so from 2018, all of a sudden things, because of this mental shift, some other things start happening. So God's provisions start showing up, and, and in 2019, you finally find a doctor. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, that was another it's just not a coincidence. We, we have a friend who works in an office in Nashville, and this, this doctor walked into his office out of nowhere, kind of interrupted a meeting, and our friend was like, well, what are you doing? And it, he was looking to buy the building because he's a Lyme disease doctor, and he's wanting to open a facility in Nashville. And they got to talking, and so that's how we found out about the, the Lyme doctor that I go to now. And so during this time, and, and this is something I got in my notes, and I want to make sure I read, Hannah said, you know, I, this mental shift that happened where I, I want to live and not be numb anymore, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to go through the pain. I'm willing to, to let, start feeling again. I'm willing to start moving forward. She said, but I, I still didn't have enough hope to pray for the, for the miraculous. I just had enough hope to start feeling again. Like, I think that's where sometimes we are, right? Like, listen to me. You don't have to get to the end of the journey today. You just got to be ready to take a step. And so all of a sudden, she said, you know, like, Lord, I, I don't want this anymore. I want to live. I want the more life again. I, I came, what? That you may have life and have life more abundantly. I, I'm willing to become unnumbed. And to go get the more. I'm willing to go through the pain. And all of a sudden, a guy walks in to buy a building. The guy says, what's up? He's a family friend of yours. And they say, well, I'm here to buy the building. 
But he talks to the gentleman that's a family friend. He says, what are you here for? And he says, well, I'm a doctor from Kansas City. Is that right? He said, I specialize in Lyme disease. And there it starts. Like the, the thing that I get intrigued with with everybody's story is, is you never know when the starting point's going to happen. Like here's a prayer to saying, Lord, I, I'm, I'm ready to, to be unnumb. I'm ready to, to live again. And God's like, well, okay. It, it's like the story, and we talked about this a little bit, like Moses sees a burning bush, and God says, you're going to deliver my people out of captivity. And he's like, but I can't, 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 well, he goes, what about your brother Aaron? He ain't seen Aaron in 40 years. He said, well, come down off the mountain. He's already coming towards you. Like your answers may be closer than you realize. So this happens in 2019, and then spring of 2020, Tell me what happens in spring of 2020. In spring of 2020 is when I first started getting better. Like, I was improving. The medicine was working. It didn't even make me sicker to get to where I could start getting better. Um, and then after that, per, like, at the, around the same time, I just, I woke up one day and I started feeling again. Like, I... Like, I, something had changed inside of me. So, I think it's funny. You know, my son has a lawn business. Tell, tell me what you, you woke up because of what? <laughs> uh, I take a lot of naps because I'm tired, and I, someone woke me up because they were mowing, and I was angry. Like, who just woke me up while I am sleeping? And that was like, it kind of started making me laugh because, like, that's the first time I had felt angry for being woken up by someone mowing, because it wasn't uncommon. I was taking a nap during the middle of the day, you know, but. It was one of those things that was funny when we were talking about this, because she said, I woke up and I was upset, because I got woke up from somebody cutting the grass, and all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, but I'm feeling upset. Like when she talks about being numb, like there were no emotions. There was no anger, there was no joy, there was no frustration, there was no, it was just a, a life of like, just like, to, to try to put it in perspective, it's like every time we got bad news from a doctor or I had a really bad day, you know, it would really affect my parents. Like they would be so sad and just crying and I was blank. Like it, I was unfazed and even the same for like going to the doctor. When we found a new doctor, they were excited and I was blank. Like, I just wanted to be left alone in bed. So now she knows, like, like she feels God literally, like, waking her up from numb. Like, I'm now feeling things again. And then last August, we were in our first ever 21 days of prayer doing prayer in the morning. For those of you that don't know, and we're still in the middle of it, we'd love to have you join us this Monday through Friday. It's our last week. We are doing a prayer service in this same room at 6 o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh, I bet that's good for you and your wife and kids. No, there's actually been around 80 people every morning at 6 o'clock in here praying, and it's been awesome. But last August, you came in because you were going to go to a Braves game. And tell us what happened at 21 Days of Prayer. So as I started getting better and I started feeling again and I knew I, like, I wanted more, I, we started going back to church um, I had been too sick, and, like, mom and dad couldn't even leave me to go. Um, 
so I knew I was like, okay, let's get back in church. And it was at that point where I started like doubting, do I even believe in God? And I, that was a really hard thing to deal with because through the sickness, I knew like, like I held on to the fact like, okay, I believe in God. And then I started getting better, started going back into church, and then I started doubting, and I came here to go to a Braves game, and Haley, Haley was like, so do you want to go to 21 Days of Prayer? At, like, she has to get up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, if you had said anything else, I could say no to that, but I can't say no to going to pray. Amen, and, and you can't either. <laughs> you can't either. It's a good point, Hannah. Very good point. Sorry to interrupt. And so the whole 20 minutes of, like, prayer time, I just, I was on my knees, like, begging for that doubt to go away, and it did. Is she, yeah. She said, she goes, Mickey, she goes, I prayed, and she said, I was struggling with so much doubt because of everything that's been going on, and, and, and just so you'll know, we call that being human. You know, when all these things are hitting you in your life and life's getting more and you start to doubt, don't think that that's like, oh, I lack faith. No, it's called you, you're human. But you don't have to stay there. And she said, do you know that all of a sudden that doubt was gone? And she said, I've never dealt with it again. In fact, she said, I remember that day. She said, Jason Nyberg was speaking. And I thought, man, if God can use Jason Nyberg, he can use anybody. But it's one of those things, it's like, like I'm just, it started with, Lord, I don't want to be numb anymore. And God was like, okay. And so we go through 21 days of prayer, and you, you say, you know, after that, he's like, I'm not dealing with that anymore. And then we get to October the 12th. That was in August, and then just a few more months later, you're going to go to the doctor. And, like, everything is, is, seems to be going well. Things are getting a little bit better. Like, this is, this is awesome. And you go to this amazing doctor's appointment on October the, October the 12th, 2021. And, and what was the report like? Yeah, so when I go to the doctor, I go three, three days at a time. And that first day, there's always the, like, catch me up, how have things been going, how, how have you been doing. And I struggle with that question so much because I avoid thinking about it so much. So the next day on the way to the doctor, I was, I was like trying to prep myself like, okay, how, like, remember how have these last few months been? And I just heard it's coming soon. And like this voice say it's coming soon. And I knew that that was God talking to me and he was telling me it's coming soon. And then later that day in the doctor's office, we got some not so great um, news results from a test and the doctor was upset and mom was upset and I was sitting there and I just had, I was, I had peace. Like I had this overwhelming peace, like it's coming soon. God's got this. That's good. Because listen to me. When, you, when you're spending time in God's word and you're doing what God's called you to do and he's communicating with you, just know whenever you have two messages, you have a message from the Lord and a message from the world, go with the message from the Lord. Like no matter what everybody is telling you, when you hear the message from God, trust that message more than you trust your earthly eyes and ears and what you're seeing. 
Because there may be something that God is working out. Because I don't know if you realize this, but he's not controlled by earthly laws. He can move you from sickness to healing in an instant. He can move you from death to life in an instant. He can move you from sorrow and pain to joy and fulfillment in an instant. He can move you from a, literally a path of destruction and eternal damnation in a life called hell. And in an instant, because of a confession of your mouth, you are no longer damned, but you're forgiven. And you'll spend eternity in heaven. See, God always works in an instant. And that's what Hannah, on this way, even though he's going to be a bad reporter, God always says, it's coming soon. So here, here's the question I think everybody has on their minds. So how are you doing? I'm, I've come a long way from, you know, being sick in bed every single day. I'd say it's now, it's 50-50 good days and bad days, but the good days and the bad days are both better than what they were before. And I... I'm really learning to, you know, I'm still waiting on the Lord for healing, but I'm, I'm waiting patiently. And that looks so differently than, than being numb and avoiding and being in a foxhole. Like, I'm learning to trust God and be excited, and I'm praying for healing, and it's, it feels so good to be able to do that. And just learning how to live a full, abundant life while waiting. It's possible. See, Hannah's story is, is different from Scott's because she's still in the middle of it. Like, would, would you join with me now that you know her story and praying for her as God brings her through this? You say, oh, Mickey, you don't know if he is. Well, then don't pray. I'm not looking for you. I'm looking for the ones that believe like I believe that know that God's going to bring her. If you believe like I believe that God's going to continue this healing and bring her through it, then you join with me in praying for her. Because I've already seen his hand. And I've seen what he's already been doing. And now her and her parents have moved down here to Cleveland. Why? Because God knows that we need her at Crossroads because she's going to do some amazing things. And we're excited to do this. And, and it's just like this new, like, like woohoo, I'm starting over. Like, it's exciting. But a couple of months ago, guess what? She, she still had a week. All of a sudden, she was in the bed. You say, oh, that's a setback. No, 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 no. No, it's just a simple week of recovery because there's all these other weeks of greatness. But she said something when we were talking that absolutely rocked my world. I don't even know if I'll be able to say it. I'm going to try. She said, all of a sudden, it hit me. Now, listen to this. You need to hear this. this. This is the aha moment. She said, all of a sudden, it hit me. She said, the mountain I'd been carrying, I was only meant to climb. The mountain I had been carrying... I was only meant to climb. Ooh, that's big. And that's where a lot of you sit. I wrote down, 
some notes to make sure I didn't forget anything. And I think you've already said it, but I want to make sure because we went from like, like because of a lack of hope, I'm, I'm praying for God to help me to feel again, but I'm not praying for the miraculous because I just, you was hurting so bad. But you just mentioned it, so, so are you hopeful now? Yeah, and it feels amazing just, just imagining being healed and like not having the sickness. It used to break my heart to think about and now I get so excited and it feels so good and it encourages me to to wait because that right there it it just feels wonderful just to hope for it no you're good I just want y'all to hear this like God's not going to move in your life if you don't have hope He'll intercede for you and he'll help direct your path and he'll put some things in your life for you to be able to do some amazing things. But a part of your journey is to hope again. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.